Welcome to the Measuring What Matters podcast. Measuring What Matters is an independent community forum for nurturing dialogue and critical conversations associated with community performance metrics. Join me, Marshall McCallum, as I interview individuals entrenched in change-making in Calgary. Our guests are passionate about community prosperity, well-being, and how to measure it. Measuring What Matters is a project of the City X Lab, hosted and powered by the Institute for Community Prosperity at Mount Royal University. For more information on the project, visit measuringwhatmatters.ca. Uh, today, I've got JC Look with me. Um, she's from the uh, Native Counseling Services of Alberta. Uh, she's a Community Engagement and Partnership Coordinator. Uh, hi, JC. How are you doing today? Hi, Marshall. I'm well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourself and your background? Uh, yeah. Well, um, yeah, normally I would just set, set the tone around where I come from originally. And um, that is a little place in a remote community of Wabiska, which is in um, northern Alberta. It's the Big Stone Cree Nation, and I'm a member of that nation. And all of my family, most of my family still resides there. And I had um, moved to Calgary 12 years ago now with my two daughters initially and um, pursued a higher education, uh, received a university degree in international Indigenous studies and a minor in geography. And I've uh, yeah, had the honor to, to work, live and raise my daughters in this beautiful country of uh, Mokinstis, the territories of the Blackfoot Confederacy nations, Bikani, Gainai, and Sixka, and then also the nations with uh, that share the area, the Tutina Nation and the Stony Nakoda. And um, yeah, learning, learning and continuing to learn. It's been such an honor to be allowed to be a guest on this territory and work in the communities here. It is an absolutely beautiful place to be. Uh, myself, I'm a, a guest here as well. I uh, came across from BC. Uh, I find mm -hmm. that uh, most people coming into the area are usually uh, immigrants to this area at least. Can you tell me a little bit about your work with the um, Native Counseling Services of Alberta? Yeah, yeah. So um, Native Counseling Services has been around for 51 years now. They've, you know, they initially started um, around advocating and supporting Indigenous people in the justice and criminal uh, systems. And so they work in areas of, you know, advocating for social justice, um, self-determination, and building public education and awareness around Indigenous people's rights. And my specific role is working with the urban population, urban Indigenous and non-Indigenous populations around building bridges for relationships and um, moving toward common goals or emerging priorities faced between Indigenous and non-Indigenous populations and communities. A lot of the work is guided by just building better avenues for, you know, um, amplifying the collective voice of the Indigenous people in this area. That's incredibly important work that you're doing. 
Can you tell me a little bit about um, how you measure success in your work? Like, how, how do you measure how well two communities are connecting and or how well the bridges are being formed? Oh, boy. Um, well, I guess it first and foremost is um, approaching the work authentically and, you know, being able to find common understanding or common values or purpose towards um, meeting a goal. And so being authentic in, in how you approach the work and how you communicate. So that transparency there is really important. And I think, you know, if if you're able to connect two groups together and the relationship continues to build and grow and you're able to reach out to that person and feel uh, safe and comfortable doing so, I feel like that's, you know, one measure of success. That friendship was, you know, born and you're able to find different ways to work together or celebrate together accomplishments or even just like supporting and amplifying the work that the other organization is doing. Do you think that there's differences like across Canada? Because you mentioned that you, you're in touch with other or, or other parts of the organization that are in different areas, uh, but differences in how measurements of success are or, or how they choose to measure uh, whether their programs are working adequately or if they are maybe very successful and should be adopted from other, by other areas? Oh, absolutely. I think um, given the diversity, even within the area that we're in right now, Calgary, there's um, not to mention all the distinct nations within this, um, within the Blackfoot Confederacy and Stony Nakoda. But there's also like myself, I'm, I'm Cree. Um, there's other nations, uh, nation people and representation here. So how, you know, where we've come from, that really informs how we connect and how we share and exchange knowledge and even just how we practice building relationships so i definitely think that where we come from or or even just the language that we might have grown up with or we're um, able to speak really defines how you work and how you measure uh, wellness and success mm -hmm. I know that that's one of the things I think um, that Stats Canada is working on now. Yeah. Uh, can, mm -hmm. can you tell me a little bit about um, your personal experience with uh, measuring prosperity or well-being? Like the word prosperity, even how we define that word, I think the terminology and the language we sometimes use can be just, it can be, you know, um, stifling mm -hmm. uh, sometimes. So, and even, even defining well-being or wellness, um, uh, it goes back to that, you know, how we um, understand. And uh, you had mentioned, you know, Indigenous ways of being and knowing. Um, I think that, like, building those cultural competencies um, is important. So having sort of that common understanding from the the start is important <laughs> before you delve into how we measure prosperity or well-being. So I think just like 
yeah, choosing terminology or, or framing it in a way where there's common understanding and common grounding from the start is really important. And I can definitely understand where you're coming from because uh, the terminology itself is rooted very heavily in like Western monetary ideology. Right? Yeah. Like, all, all that comes out of originally GDP and GNP, right? With like, just monetary constructs of how well an area or a people is doing. But yeah. really, there's so much more to life than just money. Yeah, yeah. I guess um, based on on my background and the understanding that I've used to define well-being is just opportunities to participate, to grow and learn and thrive as individuals and as a group of, you know, community members. Um, so that could be, you know... Uh, equitable uh, opportunities or um, safe and trusting space to be able to use your voice and share your perspective. I think those are really important. Um, For me personally, I moved here not knowing many people. I only knew a couple people here, one being my cousin, and I started school and um, I, you know, it was it was a whole brand new experience and I gained a lot of my sense of belonging and purpose um, through participating and opportunities to volunteer at the U of C, so the University of Calgary, and um, the the native. It was called the Native Center. It's now called Writing, uh, Writing on Symbols Lodge. I think they changed the name recently, but yeah, I was able to find a community there and participate, and um, just kind of be welcomed into a space where there were other new people. I was also at the time a single mom. So I had like a really good support system there and it helped me to succeed and finish my university uh, career there, my program. And yeah, I think personally that's one way that I measure the well-being is, you know, having that support system, having family and friends there, or, you know, your built-up family if you don't have family around. And and then just feeling that, like, that harmony and that balance. Um, we were able to smudge in the, in the Native Centre. You know, we had opportunities to learn ceremony or, you know, go out on the land and and learn how to pick medicine in a good way. You know, we've had we had like the the supports as a student. We had support around our mental health. So there were all of these different aspects of, you know, the four the four areas of our well-being around our mental, our or our psychological, our spiritual and emotional and our physical beings. So yeah, that's what I think of when I when I moved here was the experience that I had because I didn't have my aunties and my mom and dad around or my siblings. So I had to build and find community and and connections and just through like building relations here so I have like a nice group of supportive friends and people I call relatives now so 
That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. It sounds a lot like measurement through like ease of mobility there, right? Like in how um, accepting a community is and how much you can feel uh, as you belong there and how, I guess how quickly that transition can happen, right? Do you think that there are different things that we should be doing, like new ways that we should be measuring well-being and prosperity, like different opportunities that are starting to present themselves, maybe through the work that's being done in the Truth and Reconciliation or uh, the work being done through the SDGs? Uh, Oh, yeah. I mean, um, with everything being amplified and coming, I, I think the pandemic has shown ways that we can actually connect move forward ideas or share uh, some of the histories that a lot of people might not have been aware of. (laughs) So, um, and yeah, that like, what I mean by that is for a lot of us that identify as Indigenous, we know um, some of these histories either recently or, uh, you know, it's just been something that we were aware of. Nothing was really maybe talked about. So I think with the surprise and the, the stories coming out now, I think uh, a lot of people are really leaning into maybe like those calls to action, the 94 calls to action, those recommendations that came from the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. And trying to find out, you know, where to start, you know, there, there um, are a number of ways to incorporate them into your personal life or your work life, like advocate for, for, Hey, what are your hiring policies or like, what, what are we doing to, to build our understanding and awareness around the, you know, shared history here. Um, So, there's yeah there's a couple ways to do that with the calls to action but i think it just kind of goes down back to how are you taking care of yourself and your family and your children and how are you demonstrating that through your actions but from what i can kind of gather from what i understand it it sounds like um you're kind of advocating for looking at a more a micro level for for the measurement, right? So, like, not looking at how well maybe Alberta is doing in um, looking through the recommendations that that came across, right? But looking at down to the personal families, right? The personal individuals, the households, right? And how uh, they are changing their aspects of everyday life to be more uh, inclusive or to be more actionable, right? Yeah. Um, that's not to say that the that macro level isn't important because that's where the, a lot of the change needs to happen, where, you know, those competencies are being built on on the upper level of leadership. That's not to say that, you know, I'm I'm more toward that area. Like if I did, then I don't know that I'd be doing my job well, <laughs> um, because, yeah, I think um, I feel that, you know, in order to put forward an authentic understanding and authentic meaning behind this work, you have to begin with yourself first. And then, you know, you're, uh, it just kind of essentially, hopefully kind of ripples out and is, is being demonstrated in the work that you do. And you're advocating for those changes around policy and governance. With that in mind, um, 
Are there any like global systems that you know of or like any other countries that you've maybe looked at with your work that um, are doing a better job of incorporating communities, whether that's uh, other colonized kind of areas or uh, things of that nature? If there's, there's other areas that are building those bridges better than we are maybe in Canada? I think... <laughs> The United Nations Declaration on the Rights of Indigenous People is one one major major call to action that we need we need to fully adopt it and implement it as as a country. I think that's like first and foremost one one like solid place to start. Which I think we like if I remember correctly in the news here and not to date this podcast too much, but I think we just signed on to it. Like, which is a little bit ridiculous because it's been around for a couple of years now, right? Yeah. Um, as far as I know, I haven't, yeah, I haven't heard that, but I know, um, you know, communities in British Columbia and I think it was uh, a Dene nation in Northern Alberta there, you know, they, they publicly spoke to adopt those principles within the UNDRIP. Um, being able to consider where we are, like not just where we are now, but how we might want to measure things in the future, I think is a really important aspect of things, right? We have in our capacity um, newer ways of measuring that um, are kind of gaining ground from you know just the connectiveness that we have now, like with the internet and everything that's coming together and how we can have this meeting right now and, and have never actually met face to face. Yes. Right? Um, but there's new opportunities that arise constantly, like things that myself and yourself might not be aware of, but looking at like how we could possibly measure things in the future or like where there are gaps now. From my understanding, we're still in a very um, qu uh, quantitative analysis uh, or like a very numbers based analysis of how well things are and how well people are doing. So. Like we can measure um, how many people speak uh, Cree in the home, you know, like the, the exact numbers of things, but we can't really measure with our current capacities how comfortable people are speaking Cree in public, maybe. With new technologies and, and all this, all these different ways to measure um, prosperity or well, well-being, I guess I'm kind of maybe more of a traditionalist, but I, I always think of, you know, where I where I'm situated, where I've, you know, lived and and um, and I've I've raised my daughters here and I've had an opportunity to, you know, connect with different members from Treaty 7. And I think it's important to look at the common threads of the shared histories here and um, really look to those stories and, and the motivations behind that relationship building or the motivations behind maybe the, not that relationship building, but sort of the opposite of that and learning from that. There's, there's a lot of um, amazing history here and a lot of um, opportunities to, to mobilize together. You know, the different knowledge systems and experiences. Calgary's becoming like super diverse with people immigrating here. And I think with that, we all have like really unique perspectives to, to share and to learn from one another.
So I think just kind of building on the, um, I guess the human connection technology, <laughs> I don't know, but, um, I think where you're coming from is not just specifically like a physical kind of technology, like new circuit boards, but towards the emotional intelligence. And maybe there's a better way that we can start to uh, teach our kids about emotional intelligence to build that more human connection, right? So that we can kind of uh, adapt and create a more um, inclusive, resilient society, right? That, that can really build on our histories, right? Our shared histories that we have. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's one thing that a, a lot of people are sitting with lately with the pandemic around the world is that we've really had um, to think about what's important to us and what makes us feel whole. And that humanness, that human being connected feeling is um really integral to our our well-being in all aspects i think more people have been exploring different ways to keep that in balance and really think on well what's important to me like i think just getting grounded again to to what is actually like important to us individually and as as a human race sounds kind of idealistic It's okay. That's what we're we're here for, right? For shooting for the goals. That's the the important thing, really, is to to make the goal so that we can see where we're trying to get to, right? And and figure out the steps along the way. I saw in your email message here, you know, you mentioned Canada releasing the SDG goals. So mm-hmm. the, those are the social development goals, I'm assuming. Yeah. yeah. And the importance of having a framework for reconciliation. This is a question that like a lot of people tend to get stuck on, I guess. Um, and I don't know. I think if, if you're coming from an organization, going back to, you know, your your human resource policies and stuff is one place to start. Start with just one call to action as an organization for for beginners. But I know um, uh, CBC had put out, I guess it's a bit of a website or a web page uh, called Beyond 94, where they're working on measuring those um those calls and actually like pinpointing where they're being recorded or, you know, this is started here in this place across Canada. Um, I think that's, that's kind of cool to be able to see what everyone else is doing. And then they have, you know, some, some cool graphics and infographics there to, to show that uh, visually. And I think just uh, different, uh, you know, organizations or people being involved personally there, you know, they might not be measuring it publicly, but I know just incorporating like practices like uh, honoring where your organization is located and, you know, what community are you living in and working with? That's like just, you know, super simple step um, toward, you know, writing those relationships and building back that trust and that respect again. 
I think that's, uh, you know, could be a personal or organizational start of a framework for toward reconciliation. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you'll see when you're on the web and you're visiting a brand new agency or whatever, and then they, they'll have it like listed right at the start, you know, like we really try to work towards these, these calls to action. So demonstrating that uh, through, you know, messaging or whatever on the website, but like really maybe looking deeper to see how they're actually putting that into place. So like was mentioned, that action behind it. I think that's a, that's a great answer for it. It's, it's a, a tough, uh, lofty kind of thing to look at, right? Like when you look at the, the SDGs in total, uh, they're, you know, there are 17 very good ideas, like there are 17 very good positions to try to get towards, um, but then distributing it across every country has their own way that they want to try to get to it. And I guess my, my problem that I had when I saw what Canada was doing was that um, they had mentioned and listed that they wanted to honor uh, what had come out in the truth and reconciliation reports, um, but they didn't say how. Or, you know, mm. uh, but it's it's great to know that um, other organizations like you know CBC are starting to pick things up, right, and starting to move forward and and ha- kind of um, create a collaborative network to show where we are moving in different directions, right, or in different places. Right, I think that that's really important, especially to uh, to look at what things are working in different communities or what things are you know really taking off, so that those can be adapted into other areas, or maybe. Uh, built into the other areas so that we can, you know, measure collectively, uh, horizontally, I guess, against different areas, right? Yeah, yeah. I just, I'm so impressed by, um, you know, the motivation behind uh, a lot of, like, individuals here, like the advocacy work they do, um, or the way that they use their voice through art and music and um, cultural practices. I think looking at those universal commonalities, like art, music, um, other, I'm just like focused on that right now. Cause I feel like that's like a, it's being um, used a lot to share the stories of indigenous people and you know the the injustice that we continually face and i think um i feel that it's 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 a positive uh place it's a it's a good opportunity to reach people that normally um wouldn't be hearing these stories thank you so much for coming on and talking to me today. Yeah. Uh, was there any other like final remarks or any other stories or anything that you wanted to share with us? I guess one message, and I love this message. Uh, it was one of um, the teachings that I received when I first moved here and I was beginning my university degree program. It was the words of Casey Eagle Speaker, and he's a, a well-respected elder in Treaty 7 here. And this was the start of my, you know, when I first started studying and it always brings back in my head and in my being was the question, how do you know what you know? And so I always like, I, I feel that it always comes back to me and I, it's kind of a, like a guiding 
guiding question that I keep, you know, close to my heart because it's an opportunity for us to see where we've make maybe experienced something or learned something that um, maybe wasn't necessarily true or or healthy, uh, and it 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 helps guide my healing journey um, and to break you know maybe some some uh, traumas that have been passed down, but also just always questioning what people are saying or the words that you're using and where does that even come from? You know, whether it came from your parents or it came from like, like an institution, like a university, keeping that in mind. And so I could leave it off there. That's awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you, Marshall. This was, this was really cool. I appreciate it.